So what is the most terrifying, frightful thing that you've ever experienced in your life? I'm sure many of you can think of some terrifying experiences. Maybe some of you, you encountered some wild animal on safari in Africa, and you were terrified. Others, you saw a little spider in the corner of your home, and you were equally as terrified. A couple of uh, uh, months ago, my wife called me, and she was, uh, she, she was screaming on the phone. I'm like, what's going on? And she, uh, she said, there's something in the office. There's something in the office that she was in the office. And she, I said, well, what is it? She goes, it's a little mouse. And she's like, I can't leave. I can't. I went, why, why can't you leave? She goes, because I'm standing on the table. She got on the table because there was a little mouse in the office. And then the mouse ran onto her desk and never came out. And I just laughed and laughed. Because, you know, that's what husbands do, right? So, but maybe some of you, you've been fearful of other things. Maybe you've been fearful of taking that test at school. Or maybe it's that presentation you had to do at work. Or maybe you had to stand before like a hundred people and you had to talk and you were fearful. Maybe some of you, you had to walk into a classroom full of middle schoolers and it was the most terrifying experience of your life because there's nothing more terrifying than a classroom full of middle schoolers, right? Maybe some of you, you've just had different frightening experiences in your life. Well, there is a scientific term that is called tonic immobility. Tonic immobility. And this is the act of freezing when fear is felt. Tonic immobility happens both in humans. It also happens in animals as well. And basically what happens is when someone feels danger is about to strike, there's three natural responses that we have. The first one is we can stay and fight. We have fight the fear. The second one is we can flee and run, which I would advise is probably the best option most of the time. Or the third option is you can just freeze and not do anything about it at all and freeze in fear. Now, there's many animals out there that when they feel they are in a hopeless situation, that their predator is about to strike, that they freeze. Even some animals play dead. And then there are some animals who just lie down and internally they just start to die before their predator actually attacks them and kills them. And humans can be very similar as well with our attitude towards fear. When fear strikes, sometimes we just freeze and we can't move at all. And I saw this firsthand in my little brother. My little brother Joshua is eight years younger than me. And I used to be a youth pastor back in the day uh, in England. And he was part of my youth group. And I took this youth group. There was probably about 30 of us all together. And we went to a place called Cardin Mill Valley, which is in the central part of England. And it's a beautiful place. There's these big hills and some little mountains. There's uh, some valleys with some rivers and some reservoirs. And it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Well, I decided I was going to take this youth group up to conquer the highest peak in Cardinal Valley. Now, if you are ever from Colorado or something, you would say that's like a little blip on the map. I mean, uh, but in England, it's like mountain because we don't have many mountains. So we started climbing up the mountain and my brother, he's not very an outdoorsy person. He's totally opposite to me. He would rather spend his Saturday afternoons sitting at home, reading a book. And there's one thing that he does not like, and that is heights. He has a fear of heights. 
And so we're walking up this, this mountain and we're climbing up and we're not far from the top. And being a good youth pastor, I decided I wanted to scare my brother in front of all the other youth. So I went behind my brother and you know how big brothers do. And like I pushed him and then held him. Right, you know, so like he thought he was going to fall and then he didn't. And he just started to cry. I'm like, oh my word, what are you crying for? And then he looked down and he saw how high we'd come and he froze. And he wouldn't move at all. And we're like, come on, let's go. And he wouldn't. He was just like, froze. He didn't say anything. He was as white as a sheet and he wouldn't go up. He wouldn't go down. And and we're like, what are you doing? Come on, come on. And he froze there for about 10 minutes. And I was a little impatient back in the day. And so I'm like trying to drag him. Come on, you're coming up with us. And he froze. The fear of the height that we were at, even though it really wasn't very high, made my brother freeze. And I used to laugh all the time at him. I'm like, you're so fearful. You're a scaredy cat. Blah, 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 blah. Well, when I got married... I started to realize that I had the same tendency to freeze in different circumstances. I used to hate conflict. And if I had to approach someone in a tough situation, I would freeze. And my wife pointed this out to me. And she says, do you realize that when you have to approach somebody in a conflict situation, it's like you freeze, you don't know what to do. And it reminded me of my brother. Because humans, when we come across a fearful situation... We have a habit of freezing. And in the last days, the Bible tells us that Jesus said that men's hearts will fail them because of fear. Jesus says that men will freeze out of fear. They will not know what to do and they wish the end would come. So if you have your Bibles this morning, if you want to turn to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. We're going to start reading at verse 25, and we're going to skip around this chapter a little bit. But it says there in Luke 21, verse 25, uh, it says, And there will be strange signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. And here on earth the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring of the seas and strange tides. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth. For the powers in the heavens will be shaken. So the Bible says there that people will be terrified at what they see. Some translations, you may have a translation that says men's hearts will fail them because of fear at what is about to happen. Jesus says this, when you see fear in the eyes of man, then maybe I'm about to return. When you see fear in the eyes of man, then maybe I'm about to return because fear is a sign of the last days. Now the greatest, most talked about commandment in the whole Bible is this. That you are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Hands down, that is the most talked about commandment or thing that God says that we must do in the Bible. However, does anyone know what the second biggest commandment in the Bible is? The second thing that Jesus tells us to do, or God tells us to do more than anything else, 
Anybody want to give it a stab? Fear not. Absolutely. Fear not. The second biggest commandment, second most talked about thing that God tells us to do is to fear not. Fear not. Throughout the Bible, God told men to fear not. He told Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in different situations, fear not. He told Joseph, Moses and Joshua, fear not. He told Ruth and the judges to fear not. He told Samuel and David and Elijah and Job to fear not. He told Daniel and Jonah and Jeremiah to fear not. He told the disciples and the apostle Paul to fear not. And he tells us as believers of Jesus Christ to fear not. In fact, talking about the last days, he tells us not to fear as well. In Luke chapter 21, starting at verse 7, the disciple says, teacher, talking to Jesus, they asked, when will all this, talking about the end of the times, when will all this happen? What signs will show that these things are about to take place? Jesus replied, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah, saying the time has come, but don't believe them. And when you hear of wars and insurrections, don't panic. These things must take place first, but the end won't follow immediately. So Jesus tells them, don't panic. Or in some translations, Jesus says, do not be afraid. When you see all this stuff going on in the world, do not be afraid. And when the end times come, there's going to be many things that we are going to be fearful of. And this morning, I want to just share three things that we should not be fearful of, that this world around us is going to be very fearful of. And the first one is this. I believe that Jesus tells us, do not be afraid of natural disasters. Do not be afraid of natural disasters. A few years ago, I was watching the TV and I was in shock at an event that happened in Japan where the seas decided to come in in an incredible way. And this big tidal wave came, tsunami came, and wiped the coastlines of Japan away. But Jesus says, do not be afraid. In fact, Jesus says that things like this are going to happen in the end times. Luke chapter 22, uh, sorry, 21 and verse 11 tells us this. It says, Jesus says that one of the signs is there will be great earthquakes. There will be great earthquakes. Back in 2006, I lived in a place called Springfield, Missouri. We lived in a little town just on the outside, on the outskirts of the city of Springfield called Battlefield. And if you know anything about Missouri, uh, apart from lots of fighting and stuff going on right now, but if you know anything about Missouri, you know it is prone to tornadoes. Tornadoes all the time. And so you can watch the TV and they tell you that a tornado's going, and most people in Missouri were like, yeah, 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 it's daily news, there's another tornado coming. 
Well, one day, it would have been a beautiful day, about 80 degrees. It was a Sunday, and we'd been to church. We came out of church. My wife and myself went out for the afternoon, and we came in, and we heard that there was possibly going to be a lot of tornadoes that night. And so we were in uh, a little uh, second-story apartment, and we're sitting there watching TV, watching some shows that we used to watch on a Sunday night, and the weatherman keeps coming on the TV and disrupting our TV shows. And so we're like, get off the, off the, off the uh, TV. And we actually knew the weatherman. His name was Brandon. He came to our church. And we're like, Brandon, get off the TV because we want to watch our TV shows. And so we're watching these TV shows. And more and more, they keep saying that tornadoes are coming. Tornadoes are coming through Oklahoma. And they're coming up. And they, they're going to go up what they call the I-44 corridor towards Springfield. Well, the more we started watching TV, the more the weather came on. And then suddenly we started seeing the map. And we started seeing that if you ever know anything about tornadoes, if you see like a big cloud with a hook, there may be a tornado in that. And they said that if you live in Battlefield, Missouri, you've got 10 minutes before the storm gets to you and there's potential tornadoes in the storm. And suddenly fear hit us. So we grabbed all our belongings. We grabbed like all the important documents like our wedding license and a wedding certificate and my passport because at the time uh, I was just on a work visa. I wasn't here permanently at the time. And so we grabbed all the important things. And then Raquel's sister lived in the same apartment complex that we did. So we go knocking on her door to make sure she gets out. She's fast asleep. She gets up and then she starts putting her makeup on. I'm outside honking on the horn like come on we got to get out of here and so suddenly she comes down and we get in the car and I like put the gas on and we get we live right by a highway and the tornadoes are coming from southeast to northwest and I knew that if we could get to our friend's house who lived on the north side of Springfield, then they have a basement where we'll be safe. We can go on there. So we get in the car and we start driving. And as soon as we hit the highway, suddenly the rain comes down, the, the hail starts coming, and we can't see a thing. We start panicking and we start praying in the car. I'm praying in English. Raquel is praying in Spanish. Her, her sister is calling all her family, pray for us, pray for us. We're stuck in a tornado. So we start going up the, uh, the highway. The rain gets so bad and the hail gets so bad. We get off. We hide under a bridge where there's about 20 other cars. And then I get up and I... I go right through a red light. There's a cop there, but the cop's not going to stop me because there's a tornado. And we get back on the highway, and suddenly we hear this thud. And we didn't know what it was. And suddenly, we just got so fearful. And my knuckles started to get white on the steering wheel. And we hardly spoke again. We got back to our friend's house. I looked on the top of my car. There was a huge dent. And we called it our ghetto car as it was because things were falling apart. It was even more ghetto now because we've been through a tornado. But it was falling apart. But there was this big thud and this big hail. There had been like softball-sized hail coming down. And we got into our friend's house and we put on the, 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 the TV and we discovered that right at that moment, there was a tornado that went right past where we were. It was the most fearful experience of my life. Who wants to go to Missouri, right? Most fearful experience of my entire life. And Jesus says that one of the signs of the end times will be natural disasters. 
And if you've ever been in a natural disaster, whether it's a tornado or a tsunami or an earthquake, remember that earthquake we had a few years ago? It was like, what's going on? Or a hurricane or anything like that, you know that it is fearful because man has no answer to the strength of nature. Revelation tells us that in the last days, the heavens will open and the wrath of God will be breathed upon the earth. And it will be through natural disasters. We haven't got time to read it this morning. But in Revelation 6 verses 12 to 17. The Bible says that the, the wrath of God. The heavens will open upon the earth. And there will be earthquakes and disasters. And men will say. They will hide in the rocks. Hide in the mountains. And they will pray for the rocks to fall upon them. Because they are so fearful of the wrath of God coming in natural disasters. We're told that people will cry out to God when nature shows its full force. However, if you are a believer of Jesus Christ this morning, if you are a follower of God, there is hope because God says, fear not. Fear not. In fact, in Psalm chapter 121, And verses 5 to 8, it tells us this. It says, the Lord himself watches over your soul. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. And if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, there is no need to fear even if a natural disaster comes. We don't have to freeze when the heavens are open, for God says, I will protect you. I believe that when we were in that car, that Sunday night in Missouri, God was protecting us. One of those hail, big hail things could have come down right through our windshield. A tornado could have come and swept us. But I believe God was protecting us. And this is the promise of God. And he says that I will protect you from all harm. For he is the God who controls the winds and the waves. He holds the earth in the palm of his hands. And he has promised to protect you and to keep you. So when you see the world freezing in fear, you can just carry on because you know You serve a God who controls nature. You don't have to fear because of natural disasters. You don't have to fear when illness comes. When illness comes. Luke chapter 21 and verse 11 tells us. Jesus says, there will be great earthquakes. And then there will be famines and plagues in many lands. There will be famines and plagues in many lands. One of the best movies uh, I think that I've seen in my lifetime is a movie called I Am Legend. I love that movie. It's with Will Smith, and basically what happens is there is a disease that, that, that comes, and, uh, and, and if you've got the disease, there's no hope. 
If you don't have the disease or you're immune to the disease, you need to flee. And so it's centered around New York City. And basically, everybody flees New York City except for those who have the illness. And then they turn into zombies or whatever. It's kind of weird. But anyway, Will Smith is immune to the, to, to the disease. But he stays in New York City and tries to fight and tries to find a cure to this disease. But you see in the movie that there is so much fear because of this disease. And we've seen over the past several months how fearful the nations of this world are when there is disease. You just have to look at the news coverage from the Ebola outbreak. There have been more people who have died in the U.S. this year because of flu than have ever died because of Ebola. But yet, our news coverage is full of Ebola. You know why? Because we don't understand it. We don't have a cure against it. And when man is out of control, man becomes fearful. We are fearful of the unknown. When we don't have the answer, we become fearful. In the continent of Africa in the last 30 years, we've seen how many plagues and famines have caused pandemonia in, in, the, in the continent of Africa. In the nation of Ireland, people froze out of fear when there was a potato famine. In the 13th century, an estimated 75 million people died because of the Black Death. And they were fearful from Europe to China because they had no answer to the bubonic plague. In 1958, the great Chinese famine that was caused by real bad government policies and a drought left 43 million people dead, and there was nothing anybody could do about it. And in the last days, Jesus says there's going to be plagues and famines that are going to impact humanity. Revelation tells us that there's going to be a lack of food in the last days. There will be a lack of clean water. That sickness will be widespread, and there will even be boils on people's skin and their faces. However, if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, God says, fear not. For we serve a God who is a healer. We serve a God who has promised that he would provide for all of our needs according to his riches in heaven. He promised that we do not have to fear the storm when storms of life come. For God is right beside us protecting us. So do not be afraid if sickness comes. Final thing this morning. Do not be afraid when persecution comes. Do not be afraid when persecution comes. Luke chapter 21, verses 12 to 18. It says, before all this occurs, there will be a time of great persecution. You will be dragged into synagogues and prisons, and you will stand trial before God, kings and governors because you are my followers, says Jesus. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. So don't worry in advance about how to answer the charges against you, for I will give you the right words and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. 
Even those closest to you, Jesus says, your parents and brothers and relatives and friends will betray you. They will even kill some of you. And everyone will hate you because you are my followers. But then Jesus says this. But not a hair, a hair on your head will perish. By standing firm, you will win your souls. One of the greatest advantages of being a believer of Jesus Christ in the United States is this. Is that up until this point in our history, there has been a lack of persecution for being a Christian. People have not suffered much in this country because of their faith. You know, in 2013, over 2,000 people in this world were martyred or killed because of their faith in Jesus Christ. That was double the amount than the previous year in 2012. All over the world today, there are thousands of people who are either imprisoned or suppressed and suffering because of preaching or talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus specifically told his disciples that they would suffer for their faith. And you know what? They did. Many of them suffered persecution. However, Jesus also talks about a time in the future when those who proclaim Jesus will suffer because of their faith. And we can see even in the last 10 years in this nation that we live in, how our culture is moving away from Christian values that it has supported for so many years. And when it moves away from those values, it's going to start getting very difficult for us, for those who believe in Jesus Christ. Paul said to Timothy, he says that in the last days, Times will become very difficult. And for the church, it will especially be difficult as the gospel will be rejected, the Bible says. The Bible says that people will deny Jesus. And they said that they scoff at God. And we may see those days. I don't know. You know what? Our kids are probably more likely to see those days. And last week I said, we need to pray for our kids. And we need to pray for our kids. Because the things that they're going to deal with, it's going to be a lot harder than what we have to or have to deal with. But you know what Jesus said? He said, fear not. And in Revelation, Jesus spoke a message to a church in a city called Smyrna. And this church is a church that represents those who stay faithful to the truth of Jesus Christ. They're the church that suffered at the hands of their culture. And Jesus had a promise for them. And this promise is found in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. This is what Jesus had to say to the church at Smyrna. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for 10 days, he said. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Jesus promised those who do not fear when persecution comes. Those who stay true to God's word when persecution comes. Even though they may lose a lot, they will gain the crown of life. Which is life in Jesus Christ, eternal life. 
even if we lose everything here on earth, eternally we are going to gain everything. So Jesus says, fear And I don't know what you're going through in your life right now. Maybe you're going through some situations in your life that are fearful. Maybe it's, it's the fact that more money is coming out of your bank account. And that money's going into your bank account. And that can be fearful. Maybe some of you, you are finding it hard to pay your bills. That can be fearful. Maybe some of you, you're going through some relationship issues right now. And you are Fearful. Maybe some of you, you are fearful about what's going to happen to your kids and what's going on in your kids' lives. And will your kids stay the truth and live this life for Jesus Christ? That can be fearful. Maybe some of you don't know what tomorrow may hold. That can be fearful. Maybe some of you, with your health, you don't know what is going on with your health and, and you have no answers. That can be fearful. But Jesus says, fear not. Fear not. You know, as we close this series, we've discovered that when we see an increase in conflict and wars and rumors of wars, that when the church starts to fall away from the truth of what the Bible talks about, We've seen that when the lifestyles of men become very dark and confused, leading to notably evident sinful lives. And we've seen that when fear is in the eyes of man, then we probably know that the end is very near. But the promise that Jesus gave us is this. One day I will return. Jesus says, I will return. And the Bible tells us that no one knows the day or the hour when this will happen. But Jesus did give us signs to show the season of when he will return. And I don't know about you, but after the last five weeks of what we've discussed, I'm more convinced than ever before that we're living in times that are starting to mirror the times that Jesus spoke about. And if that's the case, then we need to make sure that we are not misled. Jesus says, make sure that you're not misled. We need to hold on to the truth. He says that you need to be ready. And we need to make sure that we're ready for the day that Jesus does return. But also we have to make sure that our friends and our families are ready as well. For Jesus says that he will come like a thief in the night. Nobody will know when he comes. He says, I will come when you least expect it. He said that there will be two in a field. One will be taken, one will be left. There will be two in a bed. One will be taken, one will remain. One will be ready, one will not be ready. And I want us to make sure that we ourselves are ready for that day when Jesus returns. But I also want to make sure that our friends and our families are ready on that day. That the ones that we love and care about are ready. And I ask you and I challenge you today, are the people you care about, do they know Jesus Christ? Are they ready? If Jesus Christ was to come again tomorrow, would they be ready? Or would they say, why did you never tell? 
Maybe one day you're going to be walking with a friend. And maybe you're too fearful of telling them about the truth of Jesus. And one day Jesus is going to come and he's, you will go. You will be taken. He will come back for you. But your friend will remain. And for many of you, it's a very fearful prospect of telling others about Jesus Christ. But you know what Jesus said? Fear not. Fear not. There's nothing to fear about telling others about Jesus Christ. And we need to live our lives that we do not freeze in fear, but that we trust in God and we say that we are a church, that we are followers of Jesus who do not fear. There are many in your life right now who do not know Jesus. And when the end comes, they're going to need to know Jesus. If not, then there's some bad days ahead for them. But if they do, There are great, wonderful days for them. So you may have a mother or a father or a brother or a sister. You may have some children. You may have a cousin or a neighbor or an aunt or an uncle or a co-worker. And you know that they are so far away from God that if Jesus Christ returned today, they would not be ready and they would be left. Maybe God is talking to your heart right now. And telling you, go tell that person about me. About the love of Jesus. About the forgiveness there is in Jesus Christ. The forgiveness of sins. Don't let today go by without responding to God, speaking to you. And telling those about Jesus. Let's bow our heads in prayer.